Ed. Was that really? Uh, Colbert, right? Yeah. God. I, yeah, man. I, I knew a Colbert. So, like, I always, like, kind of tweak your name in, in my head before I spit it out. And I'm yeah. always, like, think I mess it up. You but and every, like, iPhone autocorrect. Oh, really? Same, oh, yeah. huh? Yeah. No, Jeez. Colbert. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was just me. I'm not a two that goes under the road. Yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly, man. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm tracking that now. Oh, cheers, brother. Thanks hey, for coming on. Cheers, man. Yeah. Thanks. Let me hit you with a little intro, and I'm filling the gaps of what I leave out, but... Uh, so you're an ex-Marine captain, right? Mm-hmm. And then you went from the Marines to the Forest Service. Is that like, am I tracking right yep. on there? And was that when you made your move out to Montana at that point? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I got out of the Marines in 2014, and I was talking to a pretty young lady up in Virginia where I'm from, and I yeah. said, of all the states, where would you move to? And she said, how about Montana? And I said, what the heck is in Montana? Yeah. And yeah. so she sent me a picture, and just that picture happens to be Camas Lake here in the Bitterroot. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So no I was like, way. all right, you got one year, and we're moving out there. Really? And she's like, well, what about all the horses and the dogs and the cats? And I was like, I'll just bring them with. Yeah. And so that's why we ended up in the uh, the four-horse horse trailer with a 17-foot living quarters. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's a cool story in itself. Because, like, when you guys first moved out, you're kind of just going to, like, beautiful spot to beautiful spot living, right? Pretty like, much, in yeah. In the horse trailer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so cool. We got to basically live at a bunch of the different trailheads. Uh, so Big Creek, uh, Blodgett, Como. Or Lake Como, yeah, 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 all that stuff. So it was actually kind of a neat way to see Montana. Yeah, absolutely, but man. Trying to figure out what end is up. I mean, that's kind of how we ended up here in Stevensville. It was kind of between Hamilton and and Missoula. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. And kind of kind of same deal, you know. Like a uh, you know a lot of work in Hamilton and and more work in Missoula. So yeah, just kind of ended up being there, you know. Yeah, kind of yeah. centralized it, you know. Yeah, totally, <laughs> dude. Yeah, and, and um, man, being close to Campus Lake too, that's cool. How you were able to land it because most people like. We'll find, I think, a spot, and then they're like, well, I'll try to get close. Right. You guys are, like, right on it, man. You <laughs> nailed it, you know? It was a, a long road, for sure. Yeah. She's put up with a lot, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. grateful to her. Yeah, man, I was going to say the girls <laughs> in all our lives, right? You know, like, especially just, like, Forest Service in general, you know, like, it's, you know, a lot. Like, I, I saw this recent thing on um, maybe the Hotshot Brewery where I was talking about, like, or no, oh, man, Careers in Wildland. God, I wish I was doing the justice to the person on Instagram, but I think it might have been Careers in Wildland, and uh, they got pretty cool things that kind of help put out, like, when, when certs and announcements are coming out for different positions. Oh, nice. And I think it was then we put up, like, the the suicide rate and the divorce rate is, like, especially yeah. the, and the divorce rate is super high in, it's like, out of, like, U.S. occupations. We're, like, one of the highest. Well, yeah, I mean, they ask a ton of not only the employee but the family. I mean, it's yeah. a lifestyle. yeah. That's really kind of how I found my way into dispatch, and then now my current role over at, I'm still with the USDA, but it's rural development. It's not the Forest Service anymore, but yeah. really it was a, a big, massive push to try to spend more time with the family. You know, yeah. the little guy's three already, so. I know. Yeah, yeah we talked about that a lot, <laughs> lot last year, man, like working together, because you know, that's where we met, I guess, is back yeah. in dispatch, and um, just like... You, you think like going to dispatch it's like all right you know like because i was that's where i was like sticking my toe in the water to dispatch but like hey it's kind of nice get to go home at night but right. what time you get to go <laughs> home is you know variable yeah 16 hours is a lot of the day yeah, yeah yeah totally and then like you know you get those late night fires and if we don't have night coverage you know like we'd be you know working dark to dark in the summer when there's a lot of daylight <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's like man there's a lot here you know and i it, uh, I always appreciate dispatch anyways, but, like, I think you get a better appreciation of, like, when you really get in there and see, like, all the stuff going on, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's really a shame that um, it always seems to be the hurt firefighters that go into dispatch. I think everybody yeah. would really 
it's more than just talking on a radio. Yeah, There's dude. a lot of cerebral stuff that goes on, and I'm not the most cerebral person, so oh, it's a... <laughs> yeah, <same>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we should get on a mic, though, you know, like, so... You will, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, got, got some more reps on that. Yeah, because that's the reason why when I came back, I'd, I'd taken a break from the Forest Service for a season, and I felt super rusty, you know, like I was sure. doing IC4 stuff, so, like, I'm talking on the radio quite a bit before I, I took off, and... Then, uh, and also, like, I was doing assistant engine stuff, you know, like, oh, yeah, it was called that foreman, you know, assistant foreman back then, but now it's captain. Yeah. So, uh, you know, daily on the radio with dispatch and then I seen fires and stuff. So I, I felt like I was doing pretty good. And man, I, when I came back to after that year, I was like, uh, push button, say things. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> push to talk. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh man. That's a, that's interesting. Cause I know. Talking on a phone and talking on the radio are two completely different sides of your brain, at least for me. And so, so yeah, that's what it feels like when for you're sure. dispatching and you're on the phone talking and then talking to other people in the room. It's just communications overload. Yeah, and man, multitasking yeah. the max, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, when something bad is going on, you know, the medical emergency or something like that, and all of a sudden it's like, I need to say the correct words. Yeah. My dad always said, you know, words mean things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a very real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like the way you say something could totally relay a different side of urgency in yeah. s- in a, something like that, or you know, a different plan of attack that you don't really mean, but you know, like it just came out. And like, yeah, I, I wasn't really part of too many medicals, but like the one that, I, that you did, you know, with the the uh, rec folks up Como uh, oh, yeah. or Trails folks, like that one. That one was really good, man. Like you, you did <laughs> you did some good like good relaying and pausing and, and making sure the information was coming over correct and, and the urgency of, of the uh, medical, you yeah, know, I appreciate that. It's yeah. kind of you to say, yeah, um, man, well, I was, I was there watching, taking notes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of neat moments like that, you know, throughout yeah. the, the whole span of the summer, you kind of never really know what's going to happen. So yeah, kind of just, you never know what to expect at work that day. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. And, um, so I guess like back on the career path, so you went, uh, foresters and mm-hmm. end up in the Bitterroot, and you were on Sula first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was on Sula in 2016, and then Missoula Hell Attack on 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so that was a pretty wild season on the Lolo. Um, yeah, oh my. A lot of yeah. stuff going on. So yeah. I was home for 17 days that summer, and my wife was like, Did I don't, didn't really move here to not be around you during the summertime? <laughs> and I was really? like, Yeah, that's kind of a rough season. And <sighs> right about then, my. Uh, my back started to go. Yeah. So that was just some old injury from the Marines that, you know, it was like, maybe I should actually start getting this thing checked out. Cause yeah. 2018 was when I first started with dispatch and I got a good deal, got to go burn, took five steps on my first strip and my leg gave out and oh. I had fire below me, fire above me. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> this is and how I go. <laughs> dispatch body or something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, they're like, no, actually, uh, you have nerve damage because your back is broken and it oh. has been for years. Oh, so, brutal, man. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, at least now there's a reason why my back always hurts. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not just like in your head or anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just talking to August about that, too. Just like the, the mentality of just like push through, push through. Right. You know, like it just and no one really tells you to. It's just kind of like what we all just assume is the way to go. And so yeah. like, it's beat your body up more. You I know? think that's one of the. One of the drivers to having, sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's one of the, the drivers. Uh, so in 2016, I got hired on through the Lead Forward program. Uh, Dan Cottrell, awesome human being. Uh, yeah. He came up with this grant program for Region 1, 
and um, basically directly hires VRA eligible veterans into fire positions That's within awesome. the whole region. And it's, so it's region. It was region one only at that point, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. And you know, so Dan. In talking with him, it was seemed like a really good fit, you know. Yeah. Hey, that mindset of push through it, you know, suffer in silence. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's that blue collar lifestyle that I know and love and, and all that. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, so it was great. And then my first crew, we were pretty vet heavy. Um, you know, we had uh Texas infantrymen. Uh really? cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh he was our uh, squad leader, and then everybody from, I think we had a couple of infantry guys, a couple of engineers, um, a Navy doc. Oh, wow. Uh, he's now, he was on your podcast a while ago. Oh, yeah. Doc, yeah. Tyrell Starnes. Yeah, Tyrell, yeah. Um, Sam Vaughn, he was also on my crew. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. guys are, are solid. They're solid, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah like I, God, I was supposed to do a, a redo with them, but. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we were gonna do a follow up in TP, and then just you know, fire and weather oh. never got it done. Yeah, gotcha. Sam went back to school, but yeah. So those guys were on the crew too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. And so uh, got my start working with those guys, and yeah. you know, it was really good transition because I mean, it was. I've heard it a lot. This is not the military in yeah. the force service side, yeah, yeah. and and it's not. But it was good to work with a bunch of guys that you know, had the same experiences and stuff like that. Totally. I had man. to kind of keep the officer thing down. Yeah, I bet, Didn't man. Wanna, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I think it was my – I called up Bogan, um, the crew foreman. Yeah. To ask him if I could get a job working for him. And he's like, look, man, I put these people in leadership positions for a reason, and I don't want you to come down here and try to play the officer card. And I was like, That's man, I can said. shut up and color like the best of them. Yeah, like, exactly. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, man. I'm not trying to trying to bring any weight no. into this, you know. No. Like, I just want to dig, yeah. dig dirt. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. And yeah, I talked to August just before this about that too. Just like being a being a good follower, you know, transcends into being a good leader. You Absolutely. Know? So like, yeah. and being a good leader, you can do both. Mm -hmm. You know, so and helping those guys come up with out of the box solutions and stuff like that. Yeah. You know stay in your lane but help other people in their lanes as well yeah so. totally man and um and god i had 19 year old kids showing me how to use a chainsaw and i was blown away at how smart the firefighters were like jack of all trade man yeah I, it was it's like country wild. folks yeah yeah like oh today we're gonna go mend fences it's like who can use a chain puller or a uh, fence puller yeah yeah and mean. uh you know putting in gates and removing kelly humps and stuff like that on trailheads yeah like there is such a wealth of knowledge on any given fire crew it's really humbling to be around that yeah so it's cool man really cool yeah like and then depending on where they grew up you know like a bunch of my friends are from like libby troy so like oh sure all the all the guys and gals from up there you know um one of my best buddies is married to, to a gal from there and i mean can saw better than most dudes <laughs> i know you know like just growing up and having that experience and then that's yeah. so, super cool because then, like, you know, her name's Tina, and then, like, Tina gets in charge of, you know, gets into a leader leadership position, you know, by time and grade, and, and sure. like, can pass that knowledge, you know, on to other folks, man, and just getting, like, a, a better crew that can saw, you know, like, learning from her, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just, like, the ranch kids that come in, or, you know, like, whatever background you kind of bring to the table, and, you know, like, with a lot of the military folks that I've found out and throughout my experiences, that 
the radio combo is like super good. You know, like they come in, like you don't have to tell them. I mean, they you tell them the basics, like you do everybody in guard school, but then it's like they know and they they're usually like almost all the ones I've worked with are really good at it. I mean, there's I think there's some truth to uh, I think people don't talk about it, but there is a fear of talking on a radio. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, you feel like you're just spotlighting yourself every yeah. time you talk on a radio. Yeah. You have to get over that pretty quickly in the military side of things. So I think that there is some benefit to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely, man. And then just knowing like the, cause you, you have a little better, I think web of words for concise, you know, like for being concise on the radio. Sure, so it's sure. like, you know, you get on and it's not like, well, maybe we could, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's more like, you know, we're plugged in here. We're going to here, you know, whatever you need. And the yeah. value of standby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, standby. Yeah. I haven't formed this thought yet, so I am just standby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you can kind of take in like the question and look around your surroundings a little bit. Like, okay, this is what this yeah. is. What, yeah. <laughs> or like, uh, yeah, I think that's a good move. Let's 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 try that direction. For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really something else. And I mean, so in 2018, um, when I'm sorry, 2017. Yeah, when you're. I was Hell Attack, right at Missoula. There? Yeah, yeah, I was just getting ready to go back to Hell Attack. Push this thing in your face. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just leaning back all the time. Yeah, no. Um, uh, I mean, you can like you can slide it back with you if you want to do that. Low rata. Yeah, how's that? Perfect. No. Yeah, but um, because you want the sucker like an inch from your face. It's it's super sensitive. So like like mwah, mwah, mwah. yeah, can you hear the difference? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get back on it and yeah. <laughs> Want people right to hear on. them? Want people to hear them? Golden pipes. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 2017. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tech so Missoula. Um, that winter, I was talking with Dan about Lead Forward. Oh, yeah. And that was where I kind of told him, like, hey, man, I've seen what your program can do. I really believe in it. I think it's fantastic. I would love to help. Yeah. And, you know, he understood all of the Forest Service side, the, you know, HR, all of the inner workings. And his his list of contacts is mind-blowing. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I know that many people. And he, oh yeah, no, I know Bill over here, and you know, yeah, every Kalaka time, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Where's that? I don't even know where these places are. And um, yeah, when, so same. Like every time I run into somebody that like knows anybody in Region One, it's Dan Cottrell. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> well, he uh, he was like, yeah, man, I why don't we we try it out? You know, so I, I kind of volunteered for him um, for a couple of weeks and just started making cold calls. And basically, it was really good for me to to still have that connection with the the veteran community yeah i dude. think that was really helpful because i didn't feel like my time in service was really beneficial or meaningful to the point where i had hoped it would be yeah um so i mean when i got out it was kind of a this is the best move for me in my life but i didn't feel like i was done and so yeah. by him allowing me to kind of help jump on board and and go around we worked a lot with the helena um based montana conservation corps um huge dealings with a bunch of uh job corps facilities and stuff like that and yeah. just getting the word out and that's kind of one thing now is dan is taking that program and we actually work very closely with veterans and fire it's an instagram page um and it's run by blake toth who was one of our vets oh um, really yeah he, that's cool he was on a hell attack crew out of southern california and he called up dan one day and was like hey man uh what opportunities are there for repelling and dan was like well send me your resume dd214 and 
the resume was just stacked. I mean, he already had season under his belt, and he was a, a – I'll get all sorts of crap for this, but I believe he was a, a helicopter crew member uh, – in the Marine Corps. Oh, uh, gotcha. Sorry, Blake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so um, basically when he saw how simple it was for the Forest Service to take somebody on and put them in a position, he was like, well, why don't we just do this more often? Yeah. And because we were Forest Service employees, Dan and I were kind of like, you know, I don't really know about the social media thing. Could get in a lot of trouble with that. And yeah. I mean, even before coming on here, I called Dan up what can I talk about? And he's like, you can talk about getting me onto the podcast. I want to <laughs> talk to Luke. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I can't wait to have him on, man. But, uh, yeah, so um, Blake kind of took the veterans and fire thing on the social media side and just started slinging resumes and helping out as many people. He's, you know, doesn't care where they go to work, just wants to make sure that people get the opportunity to represent themselves and yeah. get work wherever they want. And so um, now – to my understanding, Dan is with the Work Environment Performance Office and taking this thing national is yeah. the, kind of the goal. And so that's fantastic. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, just I'm grateful to even be included in the conversation, really. Yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I even Googled it and your name came up with Lead Forward. I was like, oh, this is cool. Because I was trying to do a little research. I'm on Google. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, oh. with the test to lead forward, and, and uh, it, was, yeah, it was pretty cool, man, because <laughs> I was, like, trying to just do a little background information, do some homework yeah, for sure. when he came on, and, and then uh, talking to Dan yesterday, too, about um, his new position, working with, it's it's still kind of lead, lead forward, right, but it's not, like, really the same I title, right? I think it's a workforce development specialist or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. And so he does works with, the, with veterans, and then also uh, through, like, Job Corps, too, which I thought was kind of cool, and is a great idea, because... You know, like the job corps is a great opportunity for folks too. You Absolutely, know? yeah. That's that's a hidden gem. It the, is, man. The opportunities that job corps can provide to people of all backgrounds, not yeah. not just you know the, the, I, the stigma. When, when I was working with those guys, you know, they were really adamant. Like, we want to get away from the hoods in the woods kind of mentality because yeah. that's not what we are. Yeah. And, and I mean, they had students showing up in suits with like a briefcase ready to go to with all their information and just wanted the opportunity to learn trades and yeah anymore advance their life trades are a fantastic route to go so. oh it really is man yeah the cost of college is, just keeps going up man and like you know not not too many blo- blue collar folks can even afford it anymore you know yeah. and you go to trade especially like job corps and i, I only have experience with a uh, um, trapper peak Trevor Trevor Creek. Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I messed it up. And I even worked there. Tra- <laughs> Trevor Creek. And, uh, you know, like, they, you know, you get a little bit of a stipend to live there. They give you clothes. You know, you, you get um, a chance to try out a bunch of different um, um, vocations, yeah. you know, trades. And so you get your trade tryouts, and then you get to pick what you want to go into. And there's a pretty good variety even here just at Trapper Creek. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. Yeah. And Welding, then Welding, painting, electrical, yep, woodworking. Carpentry, I mean, yep. yeah. Yeah, they, and uh, I don't know what facility maintenance they have, too. Yeah. And, yeah, and advanced fire and natural resources. And then when you if you graduate your trade, like when you make it, and they give you a, a bump in pay, like I don't, I don't know how much, but like enough money to set you up to get an apartment and get you on your feet before you That's get your right. first paycheck. So like they send you out the door with with a cat with a pocket full of money <laughs> to help you start your career, man. It's so cool. And, yeah. And, and a lot of the fire folks, you know, are doing like natural resources and fire. They were saving money as they went. 
And then when they got enough money to get their car, when they're getting close to graduation, then usually like a counselor or someone would go help them get a car, which is like so awesome. That's you know? wild. Really helping get one of the feet. Yeah. <laughs> like not helping buy it or anything, not like put money towards it, but like right. take them to go look at it and, and understand what an AP, APR is, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly, man. And yeah. Like, Help them get it something that's not going to fail them, you know, mm-hmm. and get them across the country. You know, I wish I had had some of those classes growing up. I mean, for yeah. all the times I've needed to know why equals what, <laughs> yeah. you know, I it's still to me why is a letter. It represents a sound. Yeah, it does yeah. not equal a number. <laughs> yeah, no uh, matter how you move it, it's not going to make a number. Dude, I uh, uh, spent so many nights crying at the kitchen table with my mom trying to explain algebra to me. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get do some slope. I'm going to be a history major. Yeah, I don't want to do math. <laughs> oh, I was in the same boat, man. I, dude, and I even did like pretty well in physics one and two, but I could never do it again. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just like got my brain to work in the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, lead forward, dude. It's I'm so pumped to see like yeah. well, just the, the veteran stuff, just to to get to a national level, man. And because th- there's such a big gap, you know, like we still got folks overseas, and we got so many people enlisted. And what do you do after, you know, like two to what? What's the minimum? It's two years you can sign up for? Is it four? It used to be two. Um, yeah. And I think most of them go four. Yeah. So like, but I mean the four, like especially four. Four is a good time period. That's that's you know four years like. Used to be what a bachelor degree was, and then right. it's like you start a career, so it's like you put in four years of your life doing military, and then then what? You know, it's like having this bridge, and maybe you don't do fire, but it could open up some other doors too. Absolutely, you know? I mean that's that's what it became for me was an opportunity to, you know, I I couldn't afford to not work during the winter time. Yeah. So, you know, being on a fire crew led to working with Dan, and in the meantime, working as a. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Shake the cobwebs off a little bit. I wasn't like a training coordinator for Northern Region University. Oh, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. that for a couple of winters. Oh, um, cool. Executive assistant for the Bitterroot. Yeah. Um, just, oh, and working with Trapper Creek yeah. Job Corps and going over there and, you know, inventorying their their fire cash. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. that turned into more of a mentor thing, which was really neat to sit down with the students and, and like, yeah, I need to go count sleeping bags. However, yeah, this person is having a, a crisis, and we need to sit down and and go big brother, you know. And yeah, totally. That's what a lot was, of them need, man. It was really neat, you yeah. know. Not a lot of them, but you know, a few of them need that, like just like a, just we just, all do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah really yeah we all have mentors, right? You know, yeah. like throughout our lives, and you know, typically it's in the force, or it seems like a supervisor or a boss or, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's maybe even a peer that you just like has been t- down the road you're going on, and for you sure, know, just to have someone to be like. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You yeah. Like, that's <laughs> like, huge. Yeah, you screwed that up, but I've seen it get screwed up way worse. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody burns up a Mark III from time to time, you know? Like, not a big deal, you know? <laughs> oh, man, I, that that Lolo Peak fire, man, like, they kept sending non-mixed gas, but that was marked oh. mixed. Whew, so many Mark III's got burned up on that one. <laughs> oh. Oops. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a big whoops. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, and then... Um, so what, what you're doing, um, I know you can't, you can only talk a little bit about it, but it's, well, it's just, there's so much to, to know and I don't know a lot. <laughs> yeah. Cause you, I mean, how long have you even been at it? Just about a month now. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking a couple, but yeah, I mm-hmm. knew it was recent. And, uh, yeah, it's the USDA's rural development. And so working with basically grants and loan programs and helping small rural businesses, oh, um, cool. You know, there's so many different kinds of, of programs that the government is there to kind of help, 
you know, where they can. And yeah. it's been fascinating. The people I work with are fantastic. They are some of the smartest individuals I have ever met. And I mean, they, they really, it's a brand new language. So oh, really? all of the different acronyms, um, the, it's rural business and cooperative services. So that's kind of who we, um, work with oh, are yeah. just rural businesses and co-ops and the business acumen is this whole new side of my brain that I'm trying to figure out how to use. And it's, yeah. it's been really, really fascinating. I bet and dude get to meet people and, and get out there, you know, spent a couple of days over at the, um, Montana farm bureau conference, that kind of thing. Like that's pretty neat. I, it's definitely not something that, I would have expected. Yeah. Like two years ago, if you'd said, hey, this is what you're going to be doing and you're going to really like it, I would have been like, huh, how do I get there from here? Yeah. I am. And well, yeah, yeah, how does this work? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I loved working at Dispatch. The people I was working with were fantastic. Um, but it's a, it's a nice new thing. There's a book out there. Um, my brother had me read it. It's called Range. Hmm. And take, for example, uh, who's the better athlete, Roger Federer or Tiger Woods? Ooh, yeah. So Tiger was raised solely training to be a golfer. Yeah. Roger Federer, he was a, a wrestler. Um, he would p- played volleyball, I think, and soccer. And then he transitioned over into, I think it was Federer, um, yeah. tennis. Yeah. And became a you know champion tennis player. Yeah, one of the best in the world. And the whole premise of the book is, you know, we have people with a wide variety of backgrounds and there's value to that yeah so if you get a resume that says this guy was a tiddlywinks champion and a professional bull rider and you know an astronaut well that guy is pretty well-rounded compared to the one guy who you know he went to school for 10 years full solely focusing on becoming a biologist his whole life but there's still value to that guy who's kind of gone around to a lot of different things yeah and And especially like risen to that level like like you said the biologist you know like it's awesome and that's you know especially they're going into biology like that's the person you want (laughs) right but like it it also a person doesn't have the biology but has all these other and like at the top of their field and all these other areas like in multiple areas like that's like you said there's a lot to that too man like exactly and i think there's there's a lot of value to that, especially in worlds where outside the box thinking, coming up with solutions to unique and dynamic concerns or issues yeah. is is really kind of cool. Because, I mean, like we were talking about, you know, you got those people up in Troy or Libby that, you know, they've grown up on a ranch. Yeah. So they're probably going to know how to change the oil in their lawnmower a lot better than somebody like me who had a eight foot mud pit in his townhouse backyard <laughs> yeah, growing so up you know you don't have to worry about that yeah. <laughs> yeah just weren't exposed to it yeah yeah it makes sense man and like um man i was thinking i got stuck thinking about you playing in a mud pit <laughs> uh, totally skipped my brain there for a minute uh but yeah i was thinking about that too oh and, I thinking, and I, i've actually talked about this a lot this summer because like the transition for us outside of um i feel like i'm just not getting the feedback on this like normal but uh, like us outside of uh fire like fire folks 
and we're not even in, you know, I think a lot of people know about this, but technically we're not firefighters. We're forestry yeah. technicians. And so that's been kind of an issue for all of us. But um, then, so forestry technician, pretty broad stroke vocabulary, word, you know, definition, I guess, right? Right. Like forestry technician, it doesn't really point you in one direction. And then we do do jack of all trades. We do do. <laughs> we, we do all, yeah. We, we, Not while I'm holding we, coffee. Yeah, yeah exactly. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, a, we have a wide range, man. Yeah, you know, and, and we do all these different um, we fuels. Uh, we help out with trails and like all the stuff you listed earlier, you know, and, and help out with timber and thinning, whatever, you know, we, and fire. We we have all these things that we do. But then if you go to get a job in trails, you know, and range in. You're rec, not in the series. Yeah, you're not in the series. So mm-hmm. even though you do have time in that doing that job, but you don't have the series, so you get booted. And it's like, especially for guys like us, who's like, you know, I put in like 17 years in the fire world. And it's like. Uh, you know, I've I got a long time in there. Sure. You know, like so, and that's nothing to scoff at. I mean, that's significant time. Yeah, and it's like I'm ready for like you, man. Like the transition, like you're saying, to get into something where I get more family life. I'm not beating up my body as much. You know, sure. I'm not, not going to the field as much. You know, because like that going to the field will really beat you down. You know, after a while and side hilling, man. Yeah, it's side hill. <laughs> man, yeah, I did a lot of that this year. You know, like, and I still like getting out there, but like, you know, if I could like lower the reps a little bit, you know, like, I think my body would like me more. And um, Sula was the first place I ever went to that the mountains didn't stop going up. Yeah, Sula's it's a weird country like that. That you know? Rimal Hill, man. That. Very deceptive. You get to that false summit, man. And you're like, yeah. I'm not there. I just got bad tingles. <laughs> yeah. Just got a little shiver. Yeah. Yeah, man. Waiting for Scott to poke his head out and be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you're not at the top yet. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just taking a break and thinking about my life for a minute. Uh, but yeah, man, like, so it's, it's good that you got out. And I, and that's one thing I think that was really cool about um, Dispatch and the Bitterroot is that, like, everybody was kind of, like, in the same way. You know, like, we all had fire experience and everybody was like, this is cool and I like what we have, but, like, you know, we all put in our time, and it's, like, kind of ready for something yeah. else, man. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was a a great group of people to be around um, making that transition. Yeah. Because they were very supportive in, like, go do what's best for you and what's going to make you feel fulfilled. And yeah. I think you get people around you like that, you really got to appreciate that. Yeah. That's a, a rare thing to have in any line of work that I've ever been in. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I've had the supervisor that was less than friendly, you know, and being able to kind of pick that out and be like, all right, I I can learn a lesson from this. Um, maybe I don't want to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all that. Yeah. Wow, I just got like way more clarity in my headphones. Did you get yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I wonder. I hope I didn't screw something up. No, no, I think it's a new. I think it's like this new cord. Wow, that was super weird, though. But that's like, this is what I was used to earlier when I was using these. So, like, for it to be um, this clear all of a sudden, I don't know. Yeah. Just working on the kinks with these guys. <laughs> brand, you're almost brand new. I can hear my breathing. Yeah, geez, I, hear, I can hear your thoughts. Whoa. <laughs> that's how good this is. <laughs> and uh, for the next two hours, it's going to be a silent podcast. Yeah, just be staring and just <laughs> listening to each other. All those cheekbones, man. Oh, God. You stop, you stop. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like and that. For those listeners out there that don't know, this man has beautiful cheekbones. Well, probably. Excellent facial structure. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's just the, the dark light that really brings him out. That's why, that's why, like in dispatch and stuff, you can kind of see it from across the room. But 
I'm, I'm best in dark lighting. You know what I'm saying? That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. I, I look best when it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My dad always used to say I had a face for radio, and uh, that's why I was in dispatch. <laughs> yes, it worked out, man. See? Yeah, he, he, he knew he had a future. Oh, you know, yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and it's wild to see that like dispatch is is pretty much all moved on at this point, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't been back over there since I went up to Missoula, um, working with RC, RBCS. RBCS. Um, but oh yeah, so your main office out of Missoula then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's. It's where the office is, but the job has been really cool in, like, you know, go out and meet people. You know, don't be shy. Go, like, talk to various people of all sorts of backgrounds. And so I really just go and, like, tell me about what you do because I want to work with you. I just don't fully know what you can do. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's been a been a steep learning curve i bet dude oh yeah that's what i was gonna touch on earlier man i know we're kind of like all over the board I yeah think. no no worries no worries yeah I'm i think it's part, partly prednisone partly the caffeine but <laughs> yeah, you know like, um that like uh neuroplasticity you know like being the the, the it's a mo- big word yeah good I, job yeah i mean i, I have a few of those hidden <laughs> ones when i bring them out when i want to sound fancy uh, but yeah the uh so that neuroplasticity and having that like um flexibility in your brain right and like doing something new you know like they talk about like hockey being such a good one because if you did like field sports like football track soccer sure uh, baseball you know like they're all kind of similar you know but like hockey you're on skates you're using a stick you know like rubber belly pat your head yeah. Say ABCs backwards. I mean, yeah, yeah, totally, man. A little different beast. Hockey's such an awesome sport. It is, man. <laughs> so, like, where, like, talking to you, you know, you going from like this position, this position, this position, man. It's got to be really healthy for your brain, you know. Like, I would hope so. Um, some days it doesn't feel like it, <laughs> especially yeah, those, with my toddler running around. Oh yeah, those days hurt. But I think, I think there's just there's a value to it, you know. And I think if I was always told when you're looking at a resume. Um, back in like ye olden days when, when I was going through school and and trying to figure out my path in life, it was always very much like, you know, you don't want to have a resume that's all over the place. You definitely want to have like show progression. And for me, my resume is all over the place. I don't have any say in it and I'm loving it, man. It's, it's really cool to have the opportunity to, you know, go do dirt work and then come back and you know look at cfrs and reading legalese <laughs> yeah totally man and, <laughs> and, and like it, being you know being part of the foresters you know not to cut you off but no, you're fine you're but fine kind of tack on what you're saying is like you know being part of the foresters there's it's a huge organization so like you have these those options a little bit harder being kind of pigeonholed in the fire world but like once you get that detail or something you know get like show show that proof then it's like oh man you know i, I did this and then i can do this or it's just like another another little bump in your resume to be like, Oh yeah, this, you know, man, this guy's got some value. He's not just, not just a, a Pulaski Miller, you know, he's yep. like, like that administrative assistant to the forest soup. Like that's a, it's a pretty big deal. You know? Well, it's just really neat to, I think that's like you said, get, get pigeonholed and I never knew what the force, sorry. Uh, I know it's I a, talk with my hands. Resonates well. <laughs> um, I never really knew what the forest service did by just working in fire yeah and there's so many interesting people out there and i think it's really imperative that you know those type two first year guys and gals they 
they go and they meet with people that are not in their lane. Yeah. I mean, we were lucky down at Sula. We had Tanya Neidhart, who was our fuels tech at the time. And she was doing everything from hella base managing to, like, showing us the little microwave deal to see how dry the wood is, you know, (laughs) the fuel moisture checks and all that. And she'd come down and talk to us about the ERCs and things like that and just mind-melting information. Yeah. Then when I went to dispatch and I'm reading the weather I understand it now a little bit better. and Yeah, like the RHs and the RCs. Yeah. Yep. So for all these first-year folks, like one thing I tell my, my vets when I talk to them is go, like, be the quintessential curious guy. Yeah. You know? And ask the questions. And, and that real quick, I got to go over ERC. So ERC stands for energy release component of a fuel. So ERCs of, like, I don't know, the... The wood in the forest, the grass, all that good stuff. And the hotter or drier, uh, the higher the ERCs. And that's how you can kind of depict, actually, that's how they can depict is whether you're going to have like a, a large fire event or a large fire day, potential for large fire right. days with ERCs and, and then the RHs as well. So important stuff to know. And, and as you're a first year guy like me, I was like, there's uh, so many acronyms. Like uh, there's alphabet soup getting thrown at me, mm-hmm. like ERCs. Like I just show me where to uh, where to put this tool. You know, like <laughs> I, you know, like polish this thing, and you know. I remember uh, going to your first fire too. You know, you're trying to get all your gear ready and make sure everything is clipped right and slung right. Yeah. And then, you know, by the end of the season, you're just like throwing the pack on and and going. You know, yeah. it's a, you just kind of gotta fall into the position a little bit but yeah the more questions you can ask the more interpersonal relationships you can build with people i think that's massively huge yeah i think so too and a, you know a huge help like you're like you're just talking about Cottrell, like and every time i've been on fire with him too he's like he's gonna say hey to everybody you know like yeah. he's friendly to everybody you know and he's <laughs> um building relationships all the time man like and whether he sees that person again ever it doesn't matter you know he's just he's a friendly guy and he's mostly doing it just to help build the whole organization and it shows with lead forward you know, and um, it's weird this podcast kind of becoming about Dan, but, you know, like <laughs> he's just a great example of like um, genuine person, genuine and just a good, <laughs> good person to emulate, you know, like and, and kind of do the same thing. And I think that, you know, transfers to life in general where it's like, you know, like you're tired or whatever, you know, like it's you know, say hi to that person or, you know, be friendly to the like the store clerk or whoever you might run into, you know, and like be courteous, you know, then that, that goes a long way. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, when I was. In the Marines, I used to run all the time. That was, like, my thing. I loved running. And yeah. uh, I'd go home on Christmas leave or something like that, and I would run. Just I lived in a city, so I could run from my house to, like, Washington, D.C. i put in, like, oh, a 14, 15-mile day and, yeah. and just go, you know? <laughs> there was one day I'm running. I realized I haven't eaten anything all day. I'm starting to slow down. There's a, a guy sitting outside of a McDonald's, and he's asking for change, and I was like, Hey man, I, I can't give you money, but I'll go get you a meal. And what did he? He was like a, can I get a chicken something or other? Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but yeah. I was like, do they sell those? What is that? And just because I stopped and asked this guy if I could buy him some food, I learned about this brand new chicken sandwich <laughs> at McDonald's I'd never had before. <laughs> yeah, get yourself a little treat. Yeah, it was it was tasty. Yeah, yeah, so just a little, yeah, just little things like that, man. You never yeah. know what you find. You know, just, just about being friendly. 
Yeah, exactly. Little things in life, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, man, that DC like had to be amazing around like uh, the spring with all those blossoms, right? The cherry blossoms. Oh, dude, the cherry blossoms. Yeah, yeah. I never got to get out there as much as I would like, but those things are only blossomed for like a week or two, I think. Oh, they, they don't, short, huh? Yeah, they Jeez. don't last very long, if I recall. Man, but because yeah, I was, I was, uh, you know, seeing the pictures of them, and I've always heard that they're just great things. Like, do you, do you know Derek Harbor? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, his dad was uh, chief for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, it, I heard that. Yeah, Tom Harbor. Yeah, I, I got to meet him a few times. Great Did guy. you really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. He, yeah, it was great, man. And he, uh, so he, you know, he was his office was there in, in D.C. So Derek spent a lot of time there, and uh, he was telling me just how amazing like the the place is. You know, it's busy. He said, but like it's you know the blossoms are awesome and the architecture is amazing and the history it's like it's 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 a cool place it's just a little busy but that i think the 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 history around it definitely drove my my scholastic career because you know you're always around stuff and you're just constantly you're learning new stories and it's really kind of neat when you're out there because i mean you drive past Ford's theater a million times and it's like, Oh, oh yeah, really? that's Lincoln got shot there. Cool. <laughs> like, you know, you don't even appreciate it. And then you leave and you come back and you're like, man, you know, this is, there's a lot going on here. Wow. And man. so it's kind of, it's a neat place. It's a very green city, which I always appreciated. No buildings can be taller than the uh, Washington monument. Oh, so that's it's cool. not like the New York, you know, burying you under steel and, Dude, I, I'm, yeah, I've never been in New York, but in like downtown Chicago, and that was a weird claustrophobic feeling. You know, like seeing, like you said, as tall as the sky, skyscrapers all around you, and only being able to see like down that road, down that road. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that. That was a weird feeling for me, man. I bet that's a weird, a weird experience for you. Yeah, especially growing up in Whitehall. You know, like yeah. wide open places. You know, and then I just all of a sudden like get out of a, I don't know if I was like in a cab or something, but I just like got out by like that uh, chrome bean thing, like. Uh, there's been a, a few movies, I think. It's looks like a little bean, and it's like chrome. <laughs> and so I got out by that thing, and I was like uh, looking around. I was like, holy cow, this is wild. You yeah, know? yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, was, I was feeling pretty restless. <laughs> yeah. But Actually, one really cool uh, snippet was we were testing out the, the horse trailer um, prior to coming out to Montana. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's this massive thing, so we're trying to figure out the best loading practices and you know yeah, how, how long are we talking uh i want to say it was a 40 foot box for the trailer and i think there was one point where we were passing a, a 53 foot semi and i started laughing because i was like we're the same length as this thing <laughs> <laughs> no. dude that's a load we had a we had a, a dually that we were pulling it with so yeah. it drove great but yeah but so we were getting ready to go um just doing a quick test run and so we actually went out to the battlefield at bull run with our horses and we got to ride our horses at the battlefield and i mean it was such a neat experience but then we also there was some other random person and she happened to be like a lieutenant colonel of marines or something like that and and she was like i love history and i'm studying this for like a thesis or something like that do you guys want me to ride around with you and i can kind of show you where different parts of the battle took place and stuff. So we had like a private tour on horseback around a civil war battlefield. And it's just really cool. I mean, like that was just one of those surreal moments and it was all just stemmed from 
saying hi to some random stranger <laughs> yeah man that's kind of yeah kind of cool we we're just talking about just like those connections they just like be just by being friendly and yeah. courteous man that's super cool um i didn't know you could just like ride your horse around bull run battlefield uh, certain parts that's cool yeah. man yeah yeah probably a good way to see it is it massive it's huge yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that kind of country there's all kinds of battlefields around there isn't there yeah you can pretty much throw a rock and hit a battlefield some kind of memorial or, yeah. yeah and my wife was from uh Culpeper, Virginia. So oh. she's kind of out in the sticks there, and um, that's where it all happened. I mean, all of the major movements, like every couple miles, there's a historical marker on the side of roads, and it's just like this is where Corporal whoever you know made his tea on the day before this battle, or you know something like that. So there's just all these random historical markers. It's kind of neat. That is driving down 93 and you see all the uh lewis and clark trail stuff yeah very similar to that wow that is yeah, that's super cool man it's that, a neat area it really is yeah and i i you know like i was kind of trying to get in more into civil war history because i was also when i first went to school was going into into college was was going to history uh courses and was tr- thinking about just being a history teacher and pe teacher in, in high school and um the uh the one thing i was really trying to get into more is like civil war history you sure know? so uh man i think me and you probably got that in common because like <laughs> i was looking at you know the ironclads and the submarines and then you know i didn't realize there were so many submarines because you only hear really hear about the hunley and then there's mm-hmm. the north head one that they were trying to use and then the turtle uh, yeah the turtle yeah and then <laughs> and then they had the alligator is the one that got lost at sea yeah they were, yeah. Dra- they were dragging it down south to go for a battle and they you got, got in a bad storm and they had to cut it loose because it was going to sink the ship that was that was towing it yeah and no one was on the thing so it just got set adrift and there was recently I mean, like ten years probably. There was uh, another effort to try to discover where it might have drifted off to and see if they could recover it. Dude, that's wild. Yeah, because you know, especially after they found the Hunley, they were like, you know, man, we need to. Was it SS Hunley? Is that what it is? I think so. Right? Yeah. 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 So- Southern. Uh, CSS. I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably CSS. Right. Yeah. Yeah. CSS Hunley. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Southern uh, submarine that killed probably more of its own people than it did the yeah, other side. Yeah. Not a good. Not a good time to be on a boat like that. Oh, um, no. The. Uh, so I went for a year at Christopher Newport University. Um, oh, I had gone to Penn State Altoona branch and then went to CNU for a year and then back up to Penn State, which is where I finally graduated. But um, yeah. while I was down there, they have the Monitor Merrimack Museum. Oh. And I had no clue what a ironclad was, but the history there is really fascinating, man. Yeah. It's really cool. So I'm with you on the boats. I like the ships. Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> like... Um, yeah, they. I mean, I think the monitor is like no longer, and the Miramac is still around. I, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you anymore. Yeah, I, me either. This like, is so off the cuff. I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, man. And uh, that's why I kind of was like, you know, I knew this would kind of like travel this this podcast, and, and a lot of them are are kind of the same way because like when I find something I'm interested in, I'm like, oh man, I want to ask more questions. And, yeah. And it, like you said, being in that part of the world, growing up there, man, it's so much history. Um, it really is. Yeah, How yeah. so? How many podcasts have you done? Uh, shoot, let me think. So I think I released KBs this week, and I'm I'm on a t- every two week schedule just because like with work and especially in the winter it's a little harder because like once this it's warmer it'll be a little easier to take this mobile and and get more podcasts. But like a two week schedule, and so I think I think this will be sixteen. So I think nice. fourteen was KBs. I've um Allie from um oh what the Hilltop uh, Microgreens. Um, she was already on, and so I've got that one just waiting in the queue. It'll release uh, in two weeks, and then August was today, and then fifteen, right? Or no, 
This will be this will be seventeen, I think. So Sick. yeah, I think KB was fourteen. Ali's fifteen. August is sixteen. Yeah, seventeen. So yeah, pretty pretty pumped, dude. Because like, man, twenty felt like a you know gigantic number when yeah. I was first starting out, and I was like, I figured I'd be doing like one one a month, <laughs> maybe you know, and then pretty much just interviewing the same person or myself, you know. Yeah, so, sure. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah. You just started this thing up last summer. Uh, yeah, officially, I'm trying to think, I sat, I sat in the first podcast for like a year or two, because I was like, I don't know, like, and I remember our conversations in Dispatch, like, do you think this would be, yeah. I think it is, man, I think it's a really neat avenue to, to see and talk to people from all sorts of walks of life, that's I what, think it's really cool. Yeah, and that's, that's what I'm pushing for, man, like, having you on, too, like, your adventures, I mean, like, the lifestyle, like, you know, you meet this special lady in your life, and she's like shows you a picture, and then <laughs> you guys get the biggest horse trail in the world. <laughs> you travel across the country in it, you know, like that's that's a super cool story, man. And then like you guys just kind of bebop up and down the bitter for a little bit until you guys find your home. And yeah, and well, I mean, shoot, we we were so lucky to have the people in our lives that we do. Um, like so, the horses when we moved out here, they had. 10 acres to run and play on running water electricity meanwhile my wife and i are just you know camping yeah um but the the people that took us in when we moved out here were actually they were we were boarding our horses in virginia and the wife of the family that we were boarding them with uh owns her own hair salon and i think it's washington virginia which they call it little washington but really quaint little town and um so She's cutting this guy's hair, and he says, well, this is my last haircut. And she said, well, where are you moving to? And he said, oh, Victor, Montana. And mm. she's like, why is everybody moving out to western Montana? And I know there's a lot of people out here that feel the same way. But, yeah, um, yeah so she got us in touch with him, and he was like, he and his wife were both just like, well, if you guys promise not to abandon your horses and you don't mind if we feed them carrots every now and again, you can just keep them on our property. And it was like... We absolutely and now they become like surrogate parents to us i mean we love them and they're fantastic they've always been there for us and and all that kind of stuff and you know just other people when we first moved here you know we were struggling to find work and bouncing around and all that and yeah. obviously one of the five dogs gets a nice cut and so we take it into a vet and that vet has become a really close family friend of ours as well and basically they were like well, if you guys want some part-time work, you guys could come in and, and help us with boarding on the weekends and stuff. And so, we're like, yeah, whatever it takes, you know. And yeah. so, you know, my wife has been super flexible with everything and, and supportive of everything um, with fire and the crazy hours and all that kind of stuff. And now we got our little dude running around and, you know, dude. he's three years old and, you know, we're just extremely lucky to have what we have. Yeah. So, and, and just that. It's humbling. <laughs> yeah, totally it is, man. And having that that ask that uh, view of it, right? Like not just being like, you know, so many people. I think when they start getting traction, the their ego almost builds, and they like, oh, we deserve this. Instead of being like, man, I'm thankful and humble every day, and <laughs> just blessed that it's you know like working out this way. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But for sure, you guys, are, you know, you guys are working for it, man, and like taking opportunities where some people might not. You know, because mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know, I mean. Yeah, I could come help, you know, in a vet clinic, but, like, I'm really holding out for that big job. And if you <laughs> you hold out for that big job, you might be holding out forever. Right, know? yeah. So well, I was good on you guys having that right mindset, you know. We hit the ground running here. I mean, she started working up in Missoula, and I was working at Cabela's and part-time as a janitor 
just trying to make ends meet. And that was really where I actually was at the Western Montana fair in 2015. And there was a lady working a women in wildland firefighting booth from the forest service. Oh, really? And I walked up to her. I was like, look, I, I have a college degree. I'm a captain of Marines. I'm a freaking Eagle scout. What more do you people need to get work? And she was like, maybe you should swing by my office. And so I went to her office on Monday and she sat me down with my resume and was like, well, this is all completely trash. (laughs) You need to rewrite everything. And then as we were... Because the resume wasn't the Forest Service style, right? Right. Yeah. It it was like a business, like... It was the... rest of the world, the rest of the nation, I guess, (laughs) uses besides the Forest Service. This is a one-page resume? No, No, you need to have, like, 14. I knew what you you did three years ago on a Tuesday. You know, like, it's like, if it was important, you know, like... Yeah. Every little thing has got to be written in there, you know? Absolutely. And I think a lot of the the transitioning out of the Marine Corps, they, they really, out of the military, they say... You know, you get this piece of paper, it's your DD-214, and this is your golden ticket. You can use this in every walk of life, and people are going to just jump at it. And they, this is, this is special. Yeah. When in reality, for government uh, jobs, you need to submit a DD-214 and an SF-15 if you have a disability, and you also need to throw in, like, uh, your service benefits and verification. It's a letter of benefits and service verification letter from the VA. And if you don't submit one of those, then the whole thing could get wiped out and you're not going to get the job. Just by leaving one document out, right? Right. And so it's really trying to understand all of the different forms and everything like that. And, you know, speaking with this lady at the regional office and then, excuse me, um, you know, she eventually put me in touch with a guy named Tristan Persico, who I think he works with the CIO now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he was working as a administrative type at the regional office. And he's a an Air Force veteran. And he's a very direct person. And so I would take my resume over to his office and he would be like, no this still looks trash. Like you still need to fix all this. This is wrong. You're not going to get hired ever. If you keep typing like this, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and br- brutal honesty. Yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that because I, I need it. And yeah, same. eventually he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I actually, when I met him, I had called him a coworker at Cabela's, um, said, you need to talk to this guy. He's like a veteran liaison for the forest service. He can help you, you know, get in. And I called him, and I didn't hear back from him for two weeks. And uh, one day I walked into Cabela's, and there's a guy in a pickle suit, but it looked like the Cabela's shirt, and I, he had this cart full of stuff. And I was like, oh, hey, man, you new here? And he turned around, his name tag was there, and <laughs> I was like, you never called me back. Yeah, listen and here. he was like, man, the second I walked in here, I remembered I had a voicemail from somebody working at Cabela's, and I figured somebody was going to call me out. And I was like... You're darn right, I'm going to call you out, and you're going to stand right in this aisle. I'm going to go out to my car, get my resume, and hand it to you. And he's like, you have your resume in your car? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got my resume in my car. I want to work for you. Boy Scout. <laughs> and, <laughs> always be prepared. You know? There you go. There you go. Yeah. And so uh, he basically took me under his wing, explained to me how to fix stuff that was messed up, and then he's like, 
I'm going to drive you over to Dan's office right now. He's free. We're going to go sit down with him and talk to him. Oh, and so, like, if it wasn't for people taking their time to help me out, then I never would have been in the position where now I can go help out vets and, you know, just try to put people on the right path. I've talked with guys that say, you know, every time I smell smoke, I go back to um, uh, Iraq in 2006. And it's like, okay, well, let's maybe not put you in fire. Let's maybe put you in trails. Yeah. Um, get people that uh there's one guy he he was coming out of i want to say oregon state university and like hey man i just i I, I, i'm in it black excuse me i'm an engineer and what kind of jobs can we can we get in the forest service and it's like i have no idea and right about that time um they were saying hey for lead forward for region one we want you guys to focus on doing both fire and non-fire and oh nice uh so i drove down to the bitterroot supervisor's office walked in and dixie was sitting there and i didn't know who dixie was at the time she's our front desk lady and yeah. she's a fantastic Wonderful. human yeah, being just amazing yeah shout, she, out to, shout out to dixie yeah shout out to dixie man nothing would get done without her yeah. um so <laughs> i walked in and i said hi I actually work for the Forest Service. I just need to learn about what programs there are that are not fire. And she was like, oh, well, Cole's in his office. So Cole Main came out, and he was like, how does this program work? And so then we started getting people into fisheries jobs, um, all sorts. And, again, like, I don't know what Mike Jacober does down on the West Fork Ranger District. But, boy, howdy if I didn't give Mike a call and say, um, so what kind of people do you look for? <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. Cause the program doesn't work if it's not a good fit. And so we always make sure that there's good communication going on between the applicant and the, the supervisor. And yeah. you know, if the applicant says, no, I, I can't work for that person. Or if the supervisor says that's, that guy's not got the right mindset, especially when we look at, uh, shot crews, things like that, you know, there's always, Every crew has such its own personality. Yeah, you know, and chemistry and, and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you definitely, there's there's always a 10% that don't work out, but you we really try to make sure that there's a good fit. Yeah, that's smart, man. Especially because then both parties are happy. You're going to get a better product, you know, out of both people, right? Like the, the vet going in is going to get a little more better mentorship, have a little better handle of the job. And the communication is going to be better. And then the, the boss, you know, the supervisor hiring is going to be like, I got a good product here and yeah. more faith in, in the person they're, they're putting to work. And, and probably also like do a better job of mentoring them into their new position. You know, For sure. Because yeah. they, they like being around, like the mindset and, and the way they communicate. Because like you said, just like, sometimes it's just a communication barrier. Like if you grow up in like Boston or, you know, like you know philly or something where it's a little bit more like abrupt you know yeah. like yeah <laughs> that could that could rub someone a little bit wrong and and then you know i don't i'm probably vice versa right like if i go over there and i'm like just like too polite and too nice you're like yeah i don't like this guy you that know? is a thing yeah. i never realized how much of a thing that was like you know there is such a thing as too nice yeah I, especially more like in a rough <laughs> society you know like it's it's probably not like valued as much and like you know you don't have time for it right yeah it's like you know tell me what you want and let's do this yeah you know, absolutely like, versus <laughs> like you know all the pleasantries you know it's like I'm, i don't need that right now you know yeah yeah but i'm just guessing i've never been there so maybe i'm wrong i don't know oh i mean plenty of nice people in boston 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yes. I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't want to like broad spectrum that they're they're all just like mean and grumpy. But it just like the only thing that popped in my head that was like more like kind of that uh like kind of abrupt and and kind of quick for sure. Yeah, yeah talking totally. a little bit more versus yeah like uh, a slower small town. You know, like rural White Montana. Hall. Yeah, Whitehall. <laughs> yeah, for for me, you know. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. I mean, I never really thought about what it would be like to come from one of these rural towns and go to a place like Chicago that I parallel parked that Dooley in Chicago downtown. Oh, one of the proud moments of my life. It's a boss move. My (laughs) wife was like, that's really kind of cool. I was like, yeah, I, oh yeah, dude, I'd be be holding that chip on my shoulder forever, man. Like that's, I'm I'm just going to pull that one out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Count it, dude. Yeah, man. Just the, just the hips on a Dooley, man. You know, like that's, it's hard to park anywhere, you know, and especially build a parallel park in Chicago. Yeah. That was one of the prouder moments of my life. Oh, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I pulled it. I pulled a trailer through Chicago one time, and that whew. was. Whew. Yeah, we specifically like we test drove the dually, and that's why we were in Chicago. We were, oh. we have family in Wisconsin, so we were going up to EAA's Oshkosh Air Show, um, and so we were just doing a road trip up there the summer before we left to come out here. And uh, yeah, on when we hooked up, it was like we are gonna go way south. Yeah, smart. We man. are not going through. Yeah, and all around Chicago, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, like, the mileage, but, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 45 minutes, like, sure. as, as a circle around Chicago is, like, rural, you mm-hmm. know, it's, like, farmland and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe it's an hour. I don't know. It's it's sprawling, right? But, you know, it's, like, an hour and a half, maybe, you know, 45 minutes, whatever the timeline is. It's, like, you wouldn't even know, like, Chicago exists, really. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And, yeah, I don't know. the The trip out here was an adventure in itself like we dude i bet blew two tires in kentucky we great place to break down in a horse trailer by the way yeah um, horse country yeah yeah they know what to do yep um had to replace all four brakes in menominee wisconsin oh, um really? and had to re-jerry rig the brake line coming into huntley montana <laughs> it's like every time i'd be sleeping my wife just smacked me on the shoulder really <laughs> ed something's happening it's like, like, what now? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> coming out of a fog asleep. Like, oh. And, like, in North Dakota, it's not so bad if you don't have trailer brakes. Because, I mean, it was during the summertime, let me yeah, caveat yeah. all that. Yeah. And not windy. But, um, like, I, I've heard that there's these kind of big hills up ahead. We might want to just get get it looked at. Yeah. And so, yeah, glad we did. Cause <laughs> yeah, getting get in the Rockies, you know. A like, couple, couple passes between us and there, yeah, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Some gnarly. steep hills. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> Man, that's wild. It's just kind of about, probably like a timing thing, right? Like miles and timing and all oh, that stuff yeah. just ready to go. Well, the joke in D.C. is uh, it's 30 minutes to anywhere, but it could take you six hours to get there. And that's just traffic. I mean, yeah. it's like six-lane highways and, and beltways and on-ramps and off-ramps. And it's, Jeez. It's a great place to learn how to drive. I bet, man. Yeah. Find it real good, <laughs> especially with your mom terrified that you're gonna stall out your '91 Celica, so she's always on the e-brake. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, that's wild, man. I never thought about it. that's a good idea, though, huh? Man, just a little safety instead of having like the pedal like a like a driver's ed teacher would have. Right, be yeah. That. <laughs> Except yeah. when I'm trying to go and give it the she's guess. still white knuckling on the e-brake. I'm like, Can you please put that down? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying to go. Granted, that that lady. She, uh, <laughs> she's a saint. Oh, I bet, man. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. like, learn to drive a stick, you know, manual transmission in that country. Poof. Yeah, you'll get real good, real quick. Real quick. Or yeah. you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the movies one time in four inches of snow, and she's like, you're taking the manual, and you're oh. taking the Celica. Yeah. It's like, 
I wouldn't want to drive the Celica in too much rain. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun car, but yeah. What year was it? Ninety one. Ninety one. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool one. little flip up lights. Yeah. 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 A girl I knew it when I she was like a senior. I was a freshman, and and uh, she had one that was like this kind of orangey color. It was super cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ride, and I was like, man, felt super cool. A freshman, you know. Cooler than I actually was. Yeah. 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 Is uh, you guys don't have the car still, you? No. No. Uh-uh. Damn. No. Yeah. Velo. <laughs> I don't know if you know. I don't know if anyone's really doing anything with the ninety one Celica. Like, is in like you know performance wise you're like fi- fixing them up but i, I thought they it. were cool yeah I, I thought they were cool too yeah it was man. pretty rad especially yeah especially <laughs> on your drive there holy cow dude. yeah and then so you guys made out to montana no no more problems after north dakota or um i mean lots of problems but <laughs> no, nothing really that st- stood out yeah, yeah i mean the the dually ended up dying at about forty five thousand miles oh totally some no, just uh, some computer chip. The output oh. speed shaft sensor started to go. And so I took it in like seven times in a year. Oh, and no. it was like 100 bucks a pop. And they're like, yeah, you just had to replace your your sensor. Oh, and, they just had- and I just got so fed up with it. So I sold it back for what was owed on it. And um, they were like, well, do you want to take a look at some other trucks? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to go buy the oldest truck that I can. I want to be able to look through the engine block, see the ground, have like spots where i can put tools yeah. and like no computer so yeah. i went out and i bought a 76 f-150 oh, it's nice. orange with white stripes and yeah. that thing uh lasted me through the 2017 fire season oh. i would uh i basically just filled up the bed with all of the different kinds of liquids that need to go into an engine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all the fluids <laughs> and uh there was uh basically i'd go for two weeks come home top it all off and then that puppy would start purring yeah 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 that's that awesome man <laughs> yeah you, st- you still got that thing yeah huh? i do i that's do awesome. yeah, i remember we were talking about it a little bit it's got a brand new starter sitting in the front seat it's got a new radiator sitting in the front seat just gotta have some time to put it together oh so. dude i know this yeah i know this, me because me and you were talking about that like i've got some of it put together but like the the cap and rotor and all the yeah. new, new wires and plugs and the and the um oh what was it uh what else was it the god dang it um points for the cap and rotor and like just, oh yeah 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 so like all that stuff is like you said it's sitting on the front seat of my <laughs> land cruiser you know like it's, i just haven't had time to, to work with it and it's you know still at my folks place so uh whenever i, th- and I thought you know because last year we had fall that just like never ended man you yeah know, like the indian summer and so and we've had that for a while now so i was like all right you know like fire season will end and then it'll be like this kind of mild weather and then i'll get some time to go back to whitehall and I guess I was kind of sidetracked with this thing because I was really like working hard to get this thing over here. So Land Cruiser got put in the back burner, but I was like, I'm gonna go over, get the Land Cruiser, bring it back, and then I'll be able to like keep working on it and stuff, yeah. you know, and get get it the way I want it to go. And oh, last season would not end. Dude, last season would not end, and then this season like <laughs> finally ended, and then it was winter. Like, yeah, <laughs> the next day, and it's snowing. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh god. So like, and I don't have like an indoor shop to work on it. Like, in, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, so having like, some building around you while you're working on it is so much nicer and the wind is always howling in whitehall <laughs> so like <laughs> like it makes the cold even more cold you know yeah. so like i uh haven't had a chance to get back there and mess with it and like the cap and rotor plastic so it's like i don't want to put the stress you know under the cold of, of plastic but yeah those projects man and i think you know you become a dad and stuff and that also like takes some time and yeah but 
like you say, wrestling your peanut is uh, yeah. it's a fun time. But man, it is. <laughs> like we were putting up Christmas decorations today, and for all the times I said no, <laughs> yeah. like, stop doing that. That ball is gonna break. It's gonna be owie. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's oh, that's so funny, man. Because everyone's like the same language. Like all of his parents, like because between like you and a bunch of my other buddies, everyone's got like a like brand new baby to like three. And I think one well, of my ne- nephews four or five now. So like nice. I guess that range, you know. Yeah. So it's, but it's all like the similar language. Like no, no, <laughs> stop it. You're gonna hurt yourself. You know. Like, Maybe like super excited about something little. You're like, oh, good job. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. That's so fun, man. And they just light up. You know, like yeah. They get so proud of themselves. Oh yeah, man. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> but it's amazing how like exhausted you are at the end of the night. You know, you're like, all right, <sighs> eat some food and myself to bed yes and lord knows my kid just loves to get up at like four or five every day oh man every day yeah i just want to sleep it's once <laughs> <laughs> and then and then they'll become teenagers and then they'll sleep way more than you want till 3 p.m yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's wild man i felt like <laughs> i don't know it was late nights or something but you know you're growing so much i remember like when i got uh i took a year off so i went back to college and and um the i was like I had like a I was working at Conway Trucking, and I had, like, a random trucker telling me, like, at this point in your life, you need more sleep than, than you think, you know? And I was like, that doesn't seem right, you know? It doesn't really check out from what I've heard, you know? Especially, mm-hmm. like, growing up with, like, uh, folks who just don't sleep much, like ranchers and stuff, yep. you know? Like, and, um, getting up at all hours. Y- yeah, you know, and, like, getting working on minimal, you know, four, five hours of sleep and just, you know, hammering out a long day. And then when I got to college, they were saying that, too. Like, at, I can't remember the age frame ranges but they had like a chart of like you know at this age you need this much sleep and this age and like you know from your teens into like you know almost your early 20s like you require the most sleep because your body's growing so sure. much like your brain you know was your brain stop growing at 25 typically you know so it's like you're doing all this meta- you know like uh, i don't know, like metabolism but like you know like you're you're creating these new cells and still growing all these things so right you require so much you know more you know, rest to build i wonder about that because I feel like I was always trying to sleep as much as I could, but I never felt like I was that great of a sleeper either. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. I, I never. That's interesting. Yeah, like I never felt as rested, but I think it's because like things are growing so much, and like I was, a, I was a late bloomer. So like into college, I was still growing. You know, like I didn't, I didn't max out in height and fill out until like early twenties to like twenty seven. I think is when I finally. Really? Yeah, I got to like. Well, I know my brain stopped growing. Because I feel like I'm getting dumber every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely have that going on, too. So, that's Boy. Good. I I was always the tallest kid. Oh, really? <laughs> Up yeah. until about eighth grade. And oh. then everybody else started getting a lot taller than me. And I was like, boy, I'm actually not tall. Hey, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, I had the opposite, man. I was just like, <laughs> I was like the short fella. And, and then I got like average. And I was like, oh, I'm okay with this. And then I finally kept growing. Uh, you know, finally got up to six foot. And now I think I'm on the decline there. <laughs> I'm still at that five nine. Yeah, that's what I tell myself. Hey, you'll get there, man. You know, like you just gotta just gotta like think big, man. You get those inches. I, I had this real hard landing in in uh, in West, and I swear, man, I lost that like like I like I feel like I dipped under six foot after that one. Man. Like, <laughs> I went like heels to tailbone, and Ooh. yeah, like a hard. Like, oh. was it a training jump or a? It was a training jump. So okay. like, luckily I didn't have to go fight fire, but like I had to do like uh, some serious like 
sit there and think about my life and like in like all the systems like toes okay yeah ankles okay you that's know? a terrible feeling <laughs> it is dude. Like, like, please please wiggle yeah, okay exactly. my toes are wiggling yeah. okay that's a good sign yeah, that's a good start yeah <laughs> were you on a round or a square yeah i was on the round so like i had a little bit of forward momentum until i hit the canopy and they're pretty tall trees and so like once you hit the canopy there's no wind and so I just like went straight down, like, you know, Oof. like a rock and man. And, and I was trying to oscillate the, the canopy a little bit to try to get some kind of a roll out of it. And like, I had it kind of pitched and then when it swung back, it just like right perfect, like as my hit, my heels touch and just like <sighs> fold me in like a, you know, just like crushing a can. <laughs> you yeah, know? man. And, uh, like after that, man, I feel like I lost a little bit of my height. <laughs> like, How long be- did you jump? Uh, five years. Five, so years. five seasons. Yeah. So you were out of thirteen to two thousand eighteen. Thirteen to eighteen. Were you west most of the time? No, I I rookied out NCSB my first season. That's right. Yeah, okay. At North Cascade Smoke Trim Base, and that was awesome, man. But um, they had a, a budget issue, which you know a lot of places had back then. So I was chasing the perm. Sure. So I went to west, and um, that was cool. But it's kind of same scenario, you know. Like I really liked west a lot too. Like it was cool small base and like you know I went from small base to small base and then as west you know as region one and grangeville and missoula are all in region one so like sure. they all kind of work together and usually do like a r- big rookie training so i got a lot of experience like working with missoula and originally missoula is where i wanted to be yeah because like um young men in fire and all these like stories that i knew were out of missoula man and and um and the dc3 was there so like i wanted to get a jump on the dc3 so i ended up going to Missoula and chasing the perm there. And then by the time I was like ready for a perm, uh, my body's falling out like of me. So, you know, I've told this quite a few times on the, on the podcast, but yeah. So like I'm starting to detail out more. And then spring of 2018 when I was getting ready to, to refresh again, um, I got picked up by great falls fire department and what's actually great Falls great falls fire and rescue, but it's the great falls fire department. Right. Is that part of the uh, consortium? Yep, consortium. Yep. Consortium. Yeah, yeah, dude. You'll hear it either way. Yeah, who you talk to. Well, I did that my first year when I was out here. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, I had fire calls back in Virginia. I was with uh, Little Fork Volunteer Fire. Oh, cool. Um, and that was kind of where I got the bug. Yeah. You know, I remember doing the training where you're you're walking with the fan. You're going towards the the propane tank, and you're you're, you know, get the fan out wide, and then you bring it in narrower as you get closer and oh yeah the flames were it was a training yes. propane fire blevy training all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and uh and the flames were just like coming out and hitting my turnout gear and i was like this is so much fun yeah this is wild yeah dude. and yeah that just kind of stuck with me so that that was my intent was when i got out here um we showed up on i want to say may 31st of 2015 and on, I think it was like June 2nd, I drove out to Great Falls to do that oh, consortium really? thing. Oh, and yeah. It was got it all knocked out. Wait, what year was that? 15. 15. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, got it all knocked out and like passed everything. So I'm picking up all these applications. And I'm like, oh, cool. There's a future. Yeah, I'm in. And then all of them say, you have to be an EMT. Oh, And man. I was like, ugh. So I used the VA and uh, I got plugged into Aerie. They had like a one-month emtb with a 10 day up in the bob wilderness emt cool and i was like you're gonna let me go camping heck, heck yeah let's do this thing so bob marshall wilderness you know all that and it was like the the last week right before i was gonna go take the nremt um 
test. Yeah, the national. Yeah, it, the national. Yeah, EMT. Yeah. yeah. And the, the last week of school, um, I got a call from Missoula Rural. Oh, and dude. they were like, we'd love to interview you. And I was like, sweet. So I got all gussied up. I showed up, sitting in front yeah. of the panel. And the very last question was like, so describe your EMT uh, experience. And I was like, well, you know, I've volunteered lots of calls, you know, back yeah. in Virginia. And this week I'm getting my NREMT test done. Yeah. And all the red pens came out. Oh, <laughs> I was I- like... No. <laughs> yeah, no, come on. I want to be with you guys. I gave too much information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind, of, I kind of the same thing because I didn't have much EMT time either, you know, because I, I had the same thing. I did a condensed course in Bozeman and then um, went through all the interviews, had no ambulance time. And, you know, just just the for the course, we had to do like a day or something like a shift. And 12 hour yeah, 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like right along, you know, so it was like the only experience I had, you know, and, and I wasn't really like too much on the medical stuff, you know, like I mm-hmm. didn't really have much desire. So like it was my fault, but by, by not doing it, but like, I didn't also realize it was that important, you know? Like, Wait, yeah. Um, I always thought the firefighters were the guys that hung off the back of the truck, you know, with the dog chasing it down the street. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. From all the movies, you know, you know, the cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, I, some of the EMT stuff is, uh, brutal it is brutal, props man. to those people because that is definitely a calling and i think it is dude and have more patience a lot of people in this line of work um especially with the force service all that i think it is definitely a calling i think that's something that it takes a real special group of people to go do it what you do and it's really impressive to be around them but yeah. that ems side man that is that is a rough world it is man it's like you know we talk about us being underpaid which you know i think we are but like them man holy they are really underpaid yeah yeah like, and the 911 dispatchers oh bro always bro. felt for those guys because i mean we only have to deal with the fire so yeah the fire side of things it's usually a little bit more manageable yeah <laughs> yeah know? totally and we'd call them up you know and ask them for info or they'd call us and they just would always sound extremely busy yeah yeah totally like i mean they're not even like enough time to be like how's things going like you can't even like this they don't have time for it yeah know? like and i knew so i didn't say anything but like, yeah when they call us and i'd be like we'd be exchanging information about a fire burn whatever it might have been like yeah they needed but it was like okay bye you know yeah. <laughs> like, okay. i get it you know yeah that's brutal man like yeah and emt just even a paramedic doesn't really make a lot for like how hard that that schooling yeah. is yeah like that's a long time yeah. and i mean that keeping up with your CEs and or continuing education credits and all yeah. that stuff. That's, that's a lot of extra work. I mean, yeah, absolutely, man. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is dude. And that consortium test pretty cool though. Huh? Oh, I had so much fun, you know, <laughs> flinging ladders and <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Like here's yep. two minutes, memorize this city plan. And like on what corner was the pet shop? Like, yeah. I don't well, there was a pet shop. <laughs> yeah, there's so much on that map. I was like, oh man. Like, luckily, luckily, my team of brain cells got together and yeah. really put put some effort on that one. In the the Marine Corps, they would put us through with a Kimberly Games or Kim's Games. Oh, um, I heard. And they would have like a a whoopee, a poncho liner. Oh. It's a one of the absolute best blankets you'll ever use, and it's like, yeah, the, I. Whoopies are fantastic. You um, have my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> what, what makes this thing so great? It's the material. I don't mm-hmm. know, but like, if you're ever cold, you got your whoopie, you're golden. Hmm. You're, you're just instantly like, 
I don't know. It's just something about them. Probably because you're usually in a really terrible situation when you're using them. Like you're just cold, hungry, tired, all that. But comfort blanket. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be all right. A little blankie. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they they take the wooby or something and lay it out like a tarp, um, and then they would just have random stuff placed on it, and then they'd say, okay, two minutes, memorize this thing, and then we're gonna cover it up, and you have to draw a picture of what you saw. Oh. And I think that really helped with yeah. that consortium test because it's like I've kind of learned how to use that side of my brain. So that was kind of fun for me. I, I just really, I don't know. It's it's like a test where it's not math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, back so, to mapping. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there, dude. Yeah. So. And, that, and like to be able to train that a little bit too, man, that's got to be huge because I know a few folks were getting weeded out by just that map. You know, mm-hmm. like they were just bombing it because like they would stare and then, you, you know, you're under stress. It's yeah. super quiet in there and you're like, you know, I really want this job, you know? And <laughs> so you just are trying to like put too, I think too much pressure. And, and so your recall is just garbage when you go to, you know, when they take the map away and you got to recall, you know, what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. And that's a whole new level of anxiety. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I'm a bad test taker in general. So yeah, having that and then them taking it away, it's like, Oh gosh, I really hope I remember this. Oh, I know yeah. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I feel like I just like data dump at yeah. the wrong time, you know, like my my brain will quit as I'm walking into the test and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need this for another hour. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> oh, it's so bad, man. And yeah, the physical part of that consortium is super cool too. That like, was so much fun. Yeah. Like 75 pounds of the treadmill and then run the, the hose. Right. And then I'm going to get this messed up cause it's been so long. It's been a long time. Yeah. And then there's like, there was like the chainsaw and the other saw carry and then you yep. put it in the bin and then there was a, was there a dummy. Yeah. There's a dummy drag okay. and the dummy drag, I think usually goes into the pike pole one where you're pushing and pulling. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's at least when I took it, that was the finish. And then there's like a small spaces one where you go through like the tunnel. That's right. Yeah. And, and I remember the one random, like you had to lift a ladder up. Oh really? Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. You and like yeah. You, you pulled. Something. Yeah. I think you had to set it up and then pull. And if you like let, yeah. it, let it slide, you would get done. Like the weird little things on that physical test, yeah. like, like it was game over. You know, disqualified. You yeah. yeah. Same thing with the loading thing too. I think you had to like set the saws down and then grab them one at a time to load them into the compartments. Yeah. And if you did like, if you just like, because you have in your hands. Yeah. yeah. If you just threw one at a time, then you were you were DQ'd as That's well. That's right. Yeah, I remember like really like making myself pause on those ones. Yeah, uh, it was so reminiscent of like doing a combat fitness test where oh, really? you know you have an ammo can you have to press a certain number of times in two minutes and you have to do like a weird i don't even remember how it goes now but basically you would take two ammo cans carry them like sprinting set them down then you sprint back pick up a buddy throw them over your shoulder sprint down yeah and uh yeah vic garcia if you're ever listening to this thing i i tossed this dude um <laughs> and i felt so bad but uh, he was you know short muscular dude and so we were right about the same height weight all that and i, I just wanted to pass the the test you know <laughs> down just hook pitched him yeah, he wasn't too thrilled about that. Oh, I bet, awesome man. Dude. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> just, just trying to win. <laughs> oh, Ain't dude. first, you're last. Yeah, exactly, man. Got to give it full effort, you know. Poor, <laughs> poor Vic. Was it Victor? Vic, yeah. Yeah, poor Vic. Uh, yeah. He's a one hell of a guy, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably should. He, he understood. He probably shook yeah. it off, right? Yeah. He's 
probably like, I'm going to throw you next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. Yeah. So that, uh, that kind of reminds me of something else I want to talk to you about. Um, you, you were almost a pilot or you are a pilot, but you got like a ton almost. of hours, right? Yeah, yeah, almost. I went through flight school, did uh, helicopter advanced out of Whiting Field, and basically I walked in to sign for my wings, and they were like, hey, we're pulling out of Iraq. We have too many students awaiting the fleet. We need you guys to take a new MOS, military occupational specialty. So, um, yeah, I had about, a, I think, 130 hours in helicopters and then another close to 100 hours in um, fixed, fixed wing. wing. Yeah. yeah. And then 2018, I actually got back into flight school, and um, the local flight club here was fantastic, and they were helping me kind of accelerate because I had – a lot of experience, well, not a lot, I guess, but you got a lot of hours more so than normal students, right? Yeah. And so they were pushing me through the pipeline, and I got to solo, and I started working on some short field landing stuff with the little Cessna aircraft here, oh, you know, cool. just having fun flying around the mountains. And yeah. then fire season ended, and all of that overtime money that I had spent on flight school was like, oh, no, no. probably. <laughs> like we still got Christmas coming up, we got birthdays, like. I need to go make some more money. Yeah, so tighten things up a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> Financially. Yeah. Dang, um, so chasing it a little bit, but yeah. I think now with the, the kiddo and all that kind of stuff, just kind of focusing on on building the property that we got now and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, doing the life things first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it, man. Well, that's why I was curious because, like, I'd always thought about it, especially when smoke jumping, you ride around little planes all the time. I was right. like, that's super cool, you know. And I'm jealous you got to fly in a Doug. Yeah. That's dude. awesome. Yeah, so cool, man. Like, I, yeah, I got quite a bit of time in that sucker. I'm pretty fortunate, man. And because yeah. uh, you don't even really see him that much anymore, it feels like, you know? <laughs> no, you really don't. And that's such a pretty airplane. It's beautiful, I mean, it's, man. Yeah. I was so bummed out. And they were tr- they were fighting hard to try to keep it because it was, it was made at the end of World War II. And then it was just kind of mothballed for a little bit, I think. And yeah. Then they used it for a few other things with the Forest Service. Cause the Forest Service got it somehow, and they were using it for like bloodworm spraying and like a bunch of like random things really yeah huh. and like um I, I, i'm probably just butchering the history and and also asked Anna about because i guarantee he knows but um and then we got it and it had like really low flight hours and then they did the uh turboprop um uh, upgrade to it yeah so and when they did that they had to take everything apart and they actually had to stretch the fuselage a little bit for the balance um Jeez. because the new engines were actually way more powerful but way lighter <laughs> you know because the rotary ones are heavy you know super heavy and uh, so it was a little longer and then more power and then had to get rebalanced. But they also, like, x-rayed all the critical parts, I think. Uh, sure, to, yeah. Yeah, the make sure it's up to snuff. Airframe. Um, oh. Yeah, they, they basically x-ray the airframe and, and look for little micro cracks and, you know, that kind of stuff. Is yeah, that, yep, yep. That's cool. Yeah, to make sure it was good. So, like, I mean, it has less hours than the, the Sherpas and the stuff that we're using now. That's but wild. Because... Uh, someone, I think some, and I understand what they did. So I don't want to blame like somebody. Like they didn't want the um, the DC three in use because like, okay, so something happens, right? And just random, you know, like whatever could happen. Like it's just you know life, you know, stuff happens, sure. and like accident, DC three goes down, you know, like or whatever happens, and like tragedy. Then people are gonna be like, "Why were you flying a World War II plane <laughs> around doing these operational jumps?" You know, like because it's, it's an amazing airplane. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, and, and that's what like the pilots and everybody was trying to fight for, like, because it was made amazing and it's got no hours. You know, like, sure it was made then, but it's still like 
capable for the job. It's everything we need. Is it as much of a vomit comet as people say? Oh man, yeah, we yeah. had some rough ones. Like, <laughs> luckily, I I don't, I don't get airsick. Well, I, I don't know because I think it can kind of come on like the flu. Sure. Like it'll just all of a sudden hit you. And, yeah, you probably know. Like being in the military and a lot of flight hours. Like some people like w- wake up one day and all of a sudden they puke. And from t- talking to guys who do get or folks who do get airsick, they it was just like. One day, else they got airsick, pop that cork, and never could like. Yeah, it was just all the time then. But they have like uh, air sickness chairs oh, that really? you sit in, and uh, it's one way to help cure it if, oh, really? if it can be cured. Yeah. And like, it's, fight, just fight through it. You what? literally just sit in this chair, and they spin you around a bunch. It gets your inner ear all oh all wonky. And it's like tuning your tune your inner ear. Yeah, to, to get yeah. It ready for that, which makes sense because I think. I think that thing would kind of like tail a little bit, but it had those big wings that came off the belly, sure. so it kind of flap a little bit, and uh, so like we'd we'd hit like those ridges, and they, you know that air gets compressed in the ridge, and it would just be like a shear, you know, just hammer that DC three, oh. so you get like this big like violent like shaking, like and we're doing circles, you know, that's like the the pattern for when you're getting ready for a jump. Right. You're doing circles over your jump spot. You're throwing streamers. So we're like double tapping this ridge, you know, like because we're hitting on both sides, <laughs> and. Uh, Man, we had that thing loaded. We had like, I don't know, I think at the time, like with cargo, I want to say it was like 18 jumpers you could have. And like, and it's, it's busy. Like it's your shoulder to shoulder in there. And I'm at the <laughs> nose of this thing where it's hot and there's not a lot of air and the door, we fly the door off, you know? Uh-huh. So like, it's super hot. My buddy, Big Ido, Ed Lynn <laughs> is like a couple people down from me. That almost might be worse if you're in the middle. Like, <laughs> and and uh, he's a long time jumper. I think he's like 55 at this time, man. And he he'd been jumping a long time. And like, I'd never really seen him sick. And all of a sudden, like, so he's getting my attention. And because I'm at the nose, and that's where like the earplugs and the puke bags are. Oh, right, right behind the cockpit, you know. And so I'm sitting there, and he's like pointing, and I'm thinking like. That seems loud. Maybe want some earplugs, <laughs> you know. Like so, I hit him with I hit him with it, and I was I thought that was a great toss, and right in the chest. And he like picks it up, and he's like, "What the?" You know, and like I can see he's not very happy with my choice. So so I'm like, "Oh no!" So I just like start like throwing you know two bags at him, like just shotgun him, you know, and like. And so like, he he gets like four of these things, and he opens it up, and he's like he's like, "Man, it's, it's weird though." He's like, "As soon as like I had the relief that I could like let it go, it like went it subsided." So really, he was good. He shoved the puke bags <laughs> in his pocket, and uh, and then I'm just kind of like hanging out, like I'm I'm feeling fine. I'm, I'm like not really aware of what's happening because I'm more focused on like I'm gonna I'm about to go out the plane, so I'm like looking at the streamers and focusing on the jump spot and all that stuff, and then and I'm watching the streamers, and there, there's a lot of wind out there, so I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'm going on this one, you know, cause I'm in the round at this point, you know, and like we're, we've got, we're almost full with Ram Air folks and it's not too much wind drift for them. So they're, they're going to go. And so we go through our jump pops and, and everything and, and people are already puking at this point. And, uh, so people are puking in the air and people are puking into <laughs> the ground. My, my buddy, big Idaho, I think he told me he puked when he hit the ground. Um, and then, so we get all, we all the Ram Airs out and there's like, three of us uh, rounds left on the plane and then we have the two spotters and the two pilot you know the pilot and the co-pilot and um so we're like all right you know like they said the, the wind kind of settled down on the ground so we're like we might be able to throw the rounds i'm like all right cool you know so i'm like getting ready and we're up in the kootenai area and i'd never been up there so i was like at the at that point i'd never been up there so i was like all right man i need to I'm get to go jump out this is gonna be cool <laughs> and we got a stacked load I'm, you know i want to go fight fire with fo- with other folks there on the ground and uh, throw another set of streamers. The wind gets squirrely again, and it comes up even harder. So like, all right, never mind. You know, we'll, we'll do cargo then. So we're gonna, you know, go 
get light up for cargo. You can sit back down and get seat belted in. And just the spotters are, are loose to, to move around. And the spotters are just getting the shit kicked out. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, it's, like, so <laughs> gnarly, man. Like, they're rustling the food boxes that are, like, I don't know, like, 75 pounds or something. I can't, 50 pounds. I can't remember what the weight is on a food box. It was pretty hefty. And then the, Kate, you know, the, the QB, five gallons of water, you know, like a five times eight, 40 pounds, right? So, like, probably a little more because it's got a parachute and stuff on it, you know? So, like, like I remember, like... <laughs> Something happened, like, I think it kicked a food box, one of the spars kicked a food box, and then we hit just a hard shear and, like, got flat-backed with the QB on top of him and then just, like, rolled over and just, like, I think probably swore and just, like, pitched the QB out just randomly. I'm like, well, I hope they they get to where they need it. You're just, like, so over it, man, you know, just, like, just getting hammered by, like, box after box just trying to get, get the stuff out the door, you know? And then it sounds like a rodeo, man. It was wild, oh. man. And like, I felt so bad. Like, I can't help because, like, uh, part of our SOPs and, and like their safety, you know, probably in the ice smog is like, you know, if you're not involved in cargo and you're not tethered to the plane, because like those guys are tethered to the plane, sure, you can't be out moving around, you know. And you're coming in like 200 AGL above ground level, you know. So, like, we're taking these like drastic, like, downhill and uphill, like, runs. And uh, so it's pretty gnarly in itself, you know, and then hitting those shears on the way in and out, man, is pretty nuts. And so then everything settles down and we got all the cargo out and we have three jumpers available. So it's like we let everybody know, like, hey, we're up and we're heading back to Missoula. But if, you know, anyone else needs us, we're, we got three, three people we can provide. <laughs> and so the assistant spotter, um, he gives me like a thing of nibs. And <laughs> so like I'm, I'm super, is uh, Lewis who gave it to me and, and I was like, oh, thanks, Lewis. You know, and so like, and since I haven't been up there, and th- I'm right by the door, so and the windows are decent size, so I'm like running back and forth, like, <laughs> like not really running, but like cruising pretty quickly. And you know, a plane will move. You know, even a big plane like that, you'll get some yeah. move movement. So like, I'm like, I cruise over the door, and I'd see something, and I'd be like, oh, it's cool. And I'd see something like pass the other side. So I'm like, oh, I gotta see that. And I'm like, just eating my nibs, <laughs> just like going from side to side, and the plane's rocking. And I look up, and like. The two of the round jumpers are just like over a puke bag, just like <laughs> glaring at me like, oh, my bad. So then I just like sat down with like my leg hanging out the door and like my head kind of hanging out the door and just eating my nibs and like checking stuff out. <laughs> and then turns out I think everybody puked but me. I think even the pilots. <laughs> so long story long that uh, the vomit comment is very accurate. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a wild one, dude. That sounds like a really uncomfortable flight. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly yeah, mostly me being, being unaware of my environment, you know, my surroundings, and making it worse for people, you know. So. <laughs> Just sitting there all happy. Yeah. Everybody else is suffering. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, well, it's sweet dam over here. You guys want to see this? You know, they're like, I hate you. That's rad, dude. Yeah, man. I, but it did, I mean, it kind of wore me out, though. Like, when I got back, you know, just from, like, all the jostling and, like, just the <laughs> getting hammered. Like, I, I remember feeling, like, almost like when you get off a, a long boat ride, you know. You, sure. You, like, your balance is a little weird. Because, like, you know, <laughs> I, I was doing that whole rocking. Like, it was weird weather the whole, even the whole way back, you know, like, in, in the way there, I guess, up was, like, priming, I think, people for, like, a, a, good, pu- it. a good puke session. Dude, the, the mountain weather here is wild. It is, man, like, especially being in dispatch and seeing it, like... Yeah, how it'll, like, either, if it doesn't go up the west side of the mountains here, it'll come around to the south, and sometimes it just blows right over, and... Yeah. I mean... There's, like, that dead spot, too, in the radar, so, like, it'll just, like, disappear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really nice there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird, you know? You see, like, a big blob coming, and all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. 
and like, where did it go? Yeah, and then later <laughs> you see like the split, you know, mm-hmm. like where it's going like past Sula and Missoula. You're like, oh, I guess it got split off. But like, you don't see the the time where it like broke up, you know? Right. The, like that dead spot. Absolutely. And like, right. I don't know, my wife will always pull up her phone and be like, oh, it's supposed to be sunny tomorrow. It's like, let's just wait. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it actually looks like. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's on, sometimes it's not. Yeah, today was one of those days for me because um, I was checking the weather to see if I could bring this to, to August because he's laid up. You get menis- oh, yeah. meniscus surgery. So I was, Ouch. yeah, he's out in East, East Missoula. So I was going to go out to Emu and, and pick him up. And I was like, I was thinking like comfortability. I mean, these these are big benches. So he could have laid down, but I was like, ah, I'd just be way more comfortable in his own spot, you know? Yeah, and for sure. So, yeah, I, I cruised up, but I was like, I thought it was gonna be like super cold and overcast, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I mean, this thing can be kind of chilly." So, like, I didn't, I didn't want him like, <laughs> you know, your your body's already kind of weird, and you, and you don't get uncomfortable after surgery when you're yeah. already sore and stuff, you know. And and uh, he was real fresh out. I didn't realize. So really, yeah, Ugh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So, but you know, today actually, I mean, it was super cold today, like still is, but man, it was it was a really nice like sunny day though. Yeah, we went out to cut a tree down. Oh, did you get it one? It was yeah, it was Christmas tree, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, the little guy was just bundled up, and I'm sitting there just chattering. Yeah. Like just cold. That's probably where he's still chilly, man. Like, I know, like, for me, if I get, like, that to the core, like, if I'm if I'm out for a long time, I feel like, yeah, I get to the core kind of cold, and, like, it takes a while to warm up. Like, right. Usually it's like a hot spring visit for me. You yeah, know? absolutely. Hot spring sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I was saying. I was like, man, maybe maybe tomorrow you and the family go go get, get after a hot spring. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, have you been to all the hot springs around? No, I've done Jerry Johnson. I think that's what it's called. Yep. But that was about 2015. Oh, man. And I think I've done that one twice, but I'm just I haven't gotten to a lot, actually. I'm just sitting thinking about it right now, man. You're kind of depriving the bod of a, a good experience. Well, shoot, man. I, I need to follow your your lead and go the sauna route. Yeah, that's the, yeah, uh, the sauna is huge, dude. Yeah. Like, after my surgery, man, like, I was, like, all I could really do, and I was cold, you know, because I <laughs> lost so much weight, so, like, it was, it, man, just so nice every evening to just go in there, plop down, and... We've got a, a Japanese soaking tub oh. at our 40 up in Wisconsin. Oh, really? And talk, I don't know what that is, so talk to me. It's like, you know, when the witch tries to cook Bugs Bunny, oh. and they have the big... Like cauldron? Cauldron yeah. with the fire underneath it. Well, this is a a wooden tub that is hooked up to basically a wood-burning stove. Whoa. And it takes hours to get it to the right temperature and all that. But yeah. when it's freezing outside and you've been working on your, your property, like we, we do a lot of uh, timber prep, um, timber cell prep, that kind of stuff up there. And yeah. We were up there for Thanksgiving and having that little warm tub to get into at the end of the day. It was just that's perfect. Super cool. Yeah. Is, it, is it like a barrel kind of shape? Like it kind of yeah. It's like a oval. Oh really? Yeah. Is it like planks though, and like a yeah. like a metal band, right? Is that kind of how it's put together? Yeah, kind of, kind of. It's gotcha. I don't know if it has a metal Google. band around it or what, but yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty swanky. Like it's yeah. just a, a neat little thing to have. That's super cool. My wife has a, a sauna in her folks' home, oh, and yeah. so like they had the horse trough outside that you'd go sit in this ridiculously hot sauna, and then you'd run outside and jump in the cold water and in Virginia winter, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's dear. just super nice to have something like that. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I got the horse trough, and I just haven't. I want to go get. My plan is, and I got to figure it out. I should probably just like Google like a mixture of like how salty I can make it to keep it from freezing, because I'm gonna get like a ton of Epsom salt, make sure it's all like mixed up oh, nice, yeah. and uh, so it'll stay super cold, but it's not gonna freeze and break my, um, break my horse trough. trough. Yeah, and also you know the Epsom salt's good for your body anyways yeah, too. So. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the plan. Just get one of those trough heaters. I was thinking that, but that'd be like too warm, you know? Like No, it only heats up the top of the, the trough so that way ice doesn't form. So Oh yeah. Oh no. The way. one I'm thinking of. The one yeah, we yeah, use. The little like coil one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. submerges. Yeah. Oh. That makes sense. Heat rises, right? So Yeah. Man. Yeah, maybe we'll, <laughs> I got one, so maybe I'll just try it and like get like one of those like pool thermometers and see like what it what it tells me because that might not be a bad plan. <laughs> Cause I got yeah I got a pretty nice deep trough and that's kind of I was want to do the heat and cold therapy you know go in and out and it's supposed to be amazing for you yeah you know? yeah I mean yeah I yeah <laughs> yeah I think I saw like a version of the you, you said there's a Japanese tub you have in Wisconsin yeah, yeah 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 I saw a version of it on like the first like home structure I ever did like structure protection on and it wasn't huh. yeah it wasn't like it was a weird deal it was like these folks want us to come like assess their house and um. There wasn't really any threat of fire in, but like also I was just such a new guy, like I had no idea what was going on, and like up in the middle of nowhere, you know, like just kind of climb in the back of the truck and yeah. go wherever they go. Yeah, like I, I couldn't find that place again if I tried, and that's in somewhere around Whitehall, like my hometown. Like I've been all <laughs> over that place, and I went to Narnia and and like was looking at this house and like so so confused, and uh, but they had like a hot tub. Um, it was kind of what you described though, and it had. The wood burner was like hanging on it, you know, like kind of mounted to the side, and then it had like wooden wooden planks, and it was all belted together with two two big um, metal belts, you know, that were tightened down. And um, my uncle had a hot tub similar like this, so I know you like you swell it slowly, and the planks kind of tighten up on their own. But then like it was heated by this wood burner, and I was like, whoa, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty neat design. Is it is yours attached or how does it work? So there's a uh, wood burning stove kind of next to it and then oh. it's connected with some vent piping and it just blows into the the water like circulates it yeah yeah oh cool so man. it's it's pretty i like it yeah yeah i like it <laughs> yeah that's gonna be like googling tonight and you know to early nights in the morning and be like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking up japanese tubs until one in the morning <laughs> definitely worth it yeah it probably will be, yeah i don't know if i'll ever get one but i like the idea yeah my my uncle's was super cool it's like this old hot tub and um it was deep too like I, I really liked it and he had like he had a shop and he had it built in so like he had a that big deep hot tub and then he had a, a, wood, a wood burning um sauna in the corner and so you know you can kind of go back and forth there and have yeah. this cool deck and i remember when he was moving i was like man i wonder what if he's got that hot tub i'd like to buy it off him and in uh we're in his basement his basement had never been finished until like a year before he was about to move over. And he lived over by Bozeman, uh-huh. and so we're in the basement, kind of like getting, helping him get some stuff out and like just checking some things out, like showing us kind of like the upgrades he did, and like it just hit me at that point. I was like, man, hey, uh, I was like, man, you still got that hot tub? And he's like, uh, sure do. And I was like, oh man, like, would you, what would you want for? He's like, ah, it'd be kind of hard to, to to remove it now. I was like, what are you talking about? And we're like in the bathroom, and he. He used that old, cool, like cedar wood or whatever it was made out of, mm-hmm. and lined his whole bathroom in the and finished his bathroom with it, and like use it as like a just a like a what's the word I'm looking for for like a 
a wall. Shiplap? Yeah, like a shiplap <laughs> look. Exactly, that's the best way to put it. Yeah, it was kind of like a shiplap, shiplap look with this old, cool, like, That's cedar. awesome. Yeah, it looked amazing. <laughs> and I was like, so I wasn't even mad. I was like, that's a really good idea. But Really slick. Yeah. But man, I really wanted that thing. Well, yeah, so I guess there's a bunch of different types of wood that, like, they handle moisture and heat better than others. Yeah. And I'm talking to my father-in-law about building a sauna someday, and he's like, well, yeah, you know, we use this uh, African wood, but... We're going to, when you guys build one, you know, you could look into these kinds of woods. And, and I was like, I had no idea. Yeah, like, totally. That much thought went into this. Yeah. I thought it was just a big box with a lot of steam and just heated yeah. you up. Yeah, exactly. Just get the heat. Like, as long as you got some kind of heat source. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah I, I kind of got into a little bit more when I was looking for mine. So sure. I knew a little bit about it. But you Do know, you like, guys use the little porcelain uh, stones or whatever to pour water on to get it going or you have an infrared no yeah it's it's uh it's the dry uh it's the dry heat it's like a heater with coils but it has um i can't even like almost like volcanic rock or something on the top. Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and yeah you pour the water on it that's cool yeah it's, it's awesome they it have some where like there are these little doll looking things and you pour the water on it and it like whistles Whoa. And it makes noises and stuff. Blew my mind, dude. That is nuts. Yeah. You're freaking some people out. There's a <laughs> there's a a whole industry. Oh, look there, what you're right? doing to me. Look what you're doing to me. And I'm gonna be a, looking at that tonight too. I'm having this weird doll in my sauna now. Oh man, that, that's pretty cool though, man. I like that idea. Like especially because like um, you know, to me like a sauna, especially is like a little zen area for me. Right. Like usually I'll put on like some kind of like zen kind of style music or even like some some like Native American music too, you know, like uh-huh. while I go in there and get my sweat on and um, kind of getting back to my roots, yeah, you know? absolutely. And uh, man, yes, yeah, uh, I think it's Shante Standing Rock, man. He's, he's pretty he's pretty good. I'll throw that on every once in a while. Nice. Yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. But Are you a Native? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nez Perce. Really? Yeah. I, I had no idea, man. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought, like, I thought that's how like the cheekbone uh, talk started. I... I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I'm not a travel member. You got to be a quarter to be a travel member of Nez Perce, and gotcha. I'm, I'm only an eighth. So okay, but yeah, that's, my, that's an eighth more than me. Oh, well, you so, know, that's props. What, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> that's cool. I just yeah. I had no idea. That's that's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, I get a little tanner, I think, than you know the average person typically, and um, yeah, huh. just the kind of cheekbones and stuff, you know. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? God, I was thinking about something. Uh, uh, you're listening to Standing Rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Shantae Standing Shantae Rock. Shantae Standing Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he's pretty awesome there, man. And, like, just kind of, like, kind of cool, man. Just kind of gets me, like, a more of, like, a chill zone. And, um, oh, I was going to say, like, my uh, yeah, my, my great-grandmother was on Hill 57, which is uh, in Great Falls, which was, like, a, a pseudo-reservation. Yeah. I, it was on PBS, and I kind of got a little more information on it. And there was, like, a, it was, it was like a, a whole mix of different native tribes that were there. I don't know how my great grandmother ended up there, but um, my grandma lived there for a little while in like a tar shack, and then um, they, they moved out, you know. And yeah, really? Yeah. Kind of, kind That's of something I'll have to look up. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Hill Fifty Seven, like, it's it's funny because I got all this weird history on it because the it, reason why it's called Hill Fifty Seven is from Heinz Fifty Seven, so like a rep from Heinz Fifty Seven went and put a bunch of rocks in the shape of Fifty Seven, and then like whitewashed them. And so like, it's like Hill 57 and then right next to it is where like this kind of like reservation-ish place was where people were staying. And huh. I think it's kind of closer to the airport. No, no, actually I know exactly where it is. Sorry. It's uh, if you're going to Great Falls, but if you go through Great Falls, like you're heading to Canada, 
Um, it'll be off the right side of the road, um, just past the second exit, I believe. Really? Yeah. I looked it up on on the map after I watched this, like PBS special on it and talking to my grandma. So how does Heinz play into that? I don't know why this guy got this wild idea of putting fifty seven on the hill, but then like so like when like natives and whoever like I think I think it was a mix of like poor people and and uh, Native Americans like moved on to hill fifty seven. The uh, that's it was just like a location marker, you know. It was like instead of being like by the river or something, it was like. Yeah, they're up there by the Hill 57 uh, sign, you know. Huh. And it's not there anymore, but uh, this I guess there might be some res- remnant rocks hanging out. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, yeah, so part yeah, part native and, you know, like, uh, and, you know, sweat lodges, like, give, having a good sweat. For sure, yeah. Part of all the indigenous, you know, like, ceremonies and stuff. So kind of get my own little ceremony going, you know. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Good for you, man. That. Just to have the ability to do that is, is really something else. So yeah, that's it's, cool. yeah, it's so, man, I recommend it to everybody, dude. Like, it's uh, just, like, stress relieving and relaxing and, and just... Oh, for sure. You know, even if you're not stressed out, man, it's just, like, a nice thing to do in the... Um, you lost a feather. Yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> leaking <laughs> feathers shitting. all day. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only, only downside of the down is yeah. eventually it pops a hole. Always. Still warm. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I mean, you get in the sauna, man, like, you're just, like... You had a good day. It still like makes your day a little better. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so I highly recommend it, my friend. Like a little squirrely on you. A little squirrely. Yeah. It's all good. So, man, it's probably a good point to like wrap her up, I guess, huh, man? You uh, I appreciate you letting me come on here and talk to you, man. Dude, I, yeah. I had a really good time. Yeah, so. yeah, man. And I think we covered all the stuff that I really want to cover, especially lead forward. You know, like making sure you have all those those uh, boxes checked for, yeah, for hiring. Sure. You know, like uh, DD fourteen, uh, SF fifteen, right? Yeah. And, what was the other service, one? service record, right? Service verification and benefits letter from the VA. Yeah, and then, yeah. but the the best thing to do would just be to either hit myself or Dan up or Veterans and Fire on uh, Instagram. That's a five hundred one C three now. It's a nonprofit that we just take a ton of resumes and we spread them out and help people find work. So awesome, man. Yeah. That's huge, dude. You guys are doing some really good work there, man. Yeah, it's been really it's been a real neat opportunity to to be a part of that world. So Yeah, I think it benefits both sides, right? Because like someone who's come from an org- a structured organization like the military to go into another not probably quite a structured organization, but still structured in the Forest Service or anywhere in the wild. There's land, so right? much that's hand in hand. I mean, with yeah. the tens and eighteens to like that goes hand in hand with general orders for the military side. Oh, really? Or you know, the 1018, uh, 10, 10, uh, firefighter orders and 18 washouts, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so we have 10 general orders in the, in the military. And that's basically your standard rules to live by when you're on watch. Um, oh, gotcha. and then like even Nomex, I mean, that was something that was researched and developed between the DOD and the forest service. They, they worked hand in hand with that. Oh, I really? mean, Department of Defense, huh? I didn't yeah, know that. and uh, smoke jumper ops. Um, yeah. So, all of that kind of stuff, it all comes from somewhere. You walk around Missoula Jump Base, and there are tons of like ODA teams that yeah. you know have worked with smoke jumpers, and you know that kind of stuff. Like it all matches up. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, yeah, like you said, like the air intermixing like because which i didn't know until the smoke jumper like originally smoke jumping was the only 
mean, there's some like sport jumping things going on, like kind of experiments, but like really small. And sure. then until smoke jump became a thing, there was no really organized training when it came to parachuting. Yeah. So like smoke jump was the first. And then like right as, you know, 1939 is, is when uh, NCSB claims first, you know, jump base. So like after, and that's after all the testing and stuff, you know, like huh. when supposedly became a thing. Missoula claims 40, I think. And Missoula does have the first fire jump. So there's, there's an argument there. Oh, yeah. But so like then you know war breaks or we we enter the war you know World War Two sure and we need paratroopers and so they go to the foresters and recruit the foresters folks to help out with the with the paratrooper training and you know, then you get you know paratroopers and and yeah man. and then the, the military runs with it you know you get to all those like halo jumps and hi ho jumps and <laughs> yeah. all this crazy awesome stuff man that I'm really jealous I never got to get a chance to <laughs> do anything like that well I mean it's it's good that there is that you know, inter-agency discussion happening and that those people are are being utilized. And it goes back to that whole interpersonal relationship building. I mean, that yeah. kind of, we are not anything without each other. So that's kind of where it, it all stems from. Yeah, yeah, totally, so. man. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good, good place to leave off, I think, man. Uh, <laughs> cool. Dude, I appreciate you being on, man. Hey, and uh, My pleasure, I, man. Can't wait for you to get that pilot license, man. <laughs> I'll work on it, man. Probably not anytime soon. <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of same, man. It's always on the back burner for me, but something I'd yeah. like to do someday. Absolutely, man. Well, thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, I thanks for being it. on, man. I appreciate you coming. Awesome.